The Asian Development Bank is looking to scale up Pacific climate finance and at the same time help Pacific Island countries cut through some of the red tape hindering access to such funding. Developed nations are yet to honour their 2016 pledge to provide 100 billion US dollars a year in climate financing by the year 2020 and the complexity around applying for what little climate funding is available now makes it next to impossible for Pacific Island countries to compete. In recognition of this and other significant climate-related challenges, the Asian Development Bank has appointed Climate Envoy Warren Evans to provide broad oversight and guidance for its climate operations. He joins me now. Bula, and welcome on Pacific Waves. Warren, tell us more about your upcoming role. My upcoming role will be uh, a combination of both externally, I will be the climate envoy, so I will, will be... Uh, to a certain extent, uh, ADB's face in, in engaging with external counterparts, in particular with the in the international community, uh, with the climate negotiations, with uh, other multilateral development banks, and with the media and 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 others that are interested in what ADB is doing, uh, and can can help ADB deliver on its commitments and interest in uh, scaling up climate action. Uh, internally, I will provide support to the Office of the President on helping ADB to undertake a number of changes that are required for us to be able to scale up and accelerate actions on climate change. Uh, so this includes uh, helping to strengthen internal capacity in, in terms of human resources, trying to uh, bring in more financing uh, through ADB from other sources of, of finance uh, development assistance and and also just trying to help drive a strategy uh, that we're developing now to scale up and accelerate climate action. So it's internally it's it's very much an advisory role and externally it's very much an outreach role. You kind of partly answered this this next question, but at at the ADB level, what does climate financing look like when um, interacting with Pacific governments? There are, I guess, two ways to answer this. One is at the country level and the other is at the institutional level for ADB. So first on the institutional level, ADB, until the pandemic, was providing somewhere around uh, $5 billion a year, give or take, uh, every year changes for climate finance. Uh, That has dropped a little bit because of the pandemic, but we expect it to pick up. For example, this year, we expect to provide about $6 billion uh, across the region in climate finance. We've had a target of providing $80 billion from 2019 to 2030 for climate change. That's a a fairly significant part of our entire lending. But uh, in October last year, leading up to the Glasgow Climate COP, our president announced that we uh, have increased our ambition to $100 billion for climate finance by 2030, from 2019 to 2030. The change from $80 billion to $100 billion is primarily because we've, we've looked at the potentials that ADB has and the demands that we're getting from developing member countries for support on climate change. And there are three areas in particular that we believe we can scale up. First is the amount of funding for adaptation. And the the funding for adaptation is primarily through normal development projects, really re, reshaping, recasting the development process to focus on increasing climate resilience of local communities, of 
assets, infrastructure, and so on, uh, up to the national and even regional level. So how do we redesign an irrigation project so it, it achieves the irrigation objectives, but at the same time really increases resilience to climate impacts, drought, flooding, et cetera, in, in, at the local level and at the national level? So we're, re, we're really looking at how we redesign all of the sectors where we work to optimize climate benefits and, and minimize risks uh, from climate impacts. So there's a lot of room for uh, increasing the amount of climate finance by really redesigning sectoral, uh, conventional sectoral projects, number one. Number yeah. two, is there's a huge potential and, and a huge need for what we call policy-based lending. So almost every country has nationally determined contributions to going towards net zero uh, or increasing adaptation, but many countries require substantive policy reforms, uh, regulatory reforms, for example, to open space for the private sector to be more engaged, uh, and institutional reforms so that they have the institutional capacity at the national and local level to actually implement uh, their their own plans. So there's a lot of room for, for what we call policy-based loans, PBLs, to support governments to make those policy, regulatory, and institutional reforms. And then the third area of growth would be in clean technologies. So we, we do a lot of clean energy work already. We're doing a lot of renewable energy. We're doing a lot of uh, e-mobility, uh, low-carbon transport, and so on. But we believe there's uh, a lot, there's great potential over the, the rest of this decade to scale that up. So for example, green hydrogen, if we can, if we can help countries to develop and or access green hydrogen in addition to solar uh, and wind and, and scale up e-mobility, there's a, there's a huge potential for growth in that area. So that's, those are the areas where we see large potentials for uh, increasing climate finance across the region.